This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Astro Line. Astro Line. Astro Line. Carbach Brewing Company presents Sports Talk 790 Astro Line. Astro Line. The official off-season show of Astros baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. That ball is gone. 2019 American League champion. Live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepard. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. This is the inaugural Astroline. I know it's 2019, it's December 4th, but we're going to say the inaugural radio broadcast Astro Line for 2020 because that's what we're looking forward to. We're looking forward to 2020. We've got some of our favorite people in Pluckers right now. We are downtown at 1400 Shepherd here at Pluckers, and Carbach Brewing is bringing this to you live, which is awesome. And you know what? It is This offseason's gotten off to kind of an odd start. And why not keep the oddities going by having a couple of TV personalities bring you the first radio Astro line. I am Jeff Blum of the Astros television broadcast who is bringing this to you live on radio. And guess who I'm with? I am with my very beautiful, very smart counterpart, Julia Morales. How are we doing, going. Julia? How going? No, is they're going to stop there? Okay. Yay! <laughs> what are they thinking? Putting us on the first show, trusting us with the first Astro line of the season. Yeah, it's either a lot of trust or it's a lot of desperation because Sparky and Robert Ford were unavailable or did not want to, but they gave us the microphones, and it's kind of nice. You're you're in a hat. I'm in a T-shirt, and this is a very comfortable atmosphere for me to be in. Who would have thought (laughs) they would have given us a headset and put us at a bar? Yeah, and gave me some, some wings. That's how I prepared for today's show. Crushed a chicken sandwich. Half of it. I got the other half. I got to finish in the commercial break. And we I like radio. Radio is great for the time being. <laughs> I mean, the, fir- the first and fifteenth, I may argue a little bit differently. What? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's been good. And how is your off season going? We got to hang out today. We had our our annual end of the year meeting with our AT and T cohorts to go over the season. But it's been good, and we caught up a little bit. But have you been busy at all? Yeah, I have actually. Well, I slept the first week of the offseason. A How lot. How was it? I, you know what? I'm glad you got your sleep. But the one thing that you did a little bit differently this year is you actually got to go out and travel with the mm-hmm. team and cover the postseason. Yeah, what was did. that like? Yeah, AT&T Sportsnet were covering the postseason. And I traveled, and I, I tell you, I've been with the Astros seven years doing my field reporter, sideline reporter gig. For those who don't know who I am or what I do, <laughs> that's what I do cover the team all year long. You can catch us on AT&T Sportsnet, but, you know, traveling and all that, I've got a pretty good grasp on it. I'm pretty good at it. I, I'm just going to say it. Um, You've done very well. But the postseason is a different animal. It's a beast, and the hours are different, and those 8 o'clock starts on the East Coast, 
were killer. I mean, I, you know, thinking back, bus times, we were heading back to the hotel, 1.30 a.m. Good grief. It's just crazy, right? And it all starts over again. You don't really know where you're going next and, and all that. So when I say I, I needed the sleep, I know everyone that was covering the team or around the team or, or obviously on the team needed it just because of how long that month was. Uh, some crazy fun highlights mixed in there. We had some really, really good times along the way. Uh, but, yeah, offseason started off with some naps. So obviously the national coverage kicks in in the postseason and the guys get kind of inundated with the amount of appearances and interviews that they have to do. What was it like when you when you cruised in for the first time and they said, wait, Julia's covering yeah, the postseason? Yeah, what post-season? are you doing here? No. <laughs> well, that was, I'm you asking, know, yeah. did they go, what are you doing here? Or were they like, thank God Julia just showed yeah, up? Yeah, no, I mean, and we're such an, and you know how it is. Once the regular season ends and the national broadcast do take over, it feels like you go from driving a car 100 miles per hour to slamming on the brakes and getting yeah. out of the car um, because of, you know, all the work that we put in every single day for each and every broadcast, and then all of a sudden there's nothing, and, and all you know, you get to just be a fan. Well, for me, I was covering pre- and post-game post things that were going on, interviews that were going on, um, so not the same amount of work, different work. Uh, so they were used to it. You know, we're all, we're all in our rhythm and, and we've got it all going on as the season wraps up. So they didn't really think much about it, but it was really fun to, to look back and see some of the interviews that I did get because I was with the team that entire time. You know, I don't know if people remember Garrett Cole grabbing the mic from me while we were in Tampa <laughs> and he conducting the interview, which was great content. And then just the, the celebratory things that were, were going on in the clubhouse and Carlos Correa interviewing me in there as well and all of a sudden we're dancing with an American League championship trophy no big deal I mean just really really cool stuff that we were able to bring to our fans that we do all year long but that we continue continue to do in the postseason it was fun I'm glad you had a lot of fun but you really did a great job right there of explaining how much fun it actually was and pouring a lot of salt into the wound for Todd and I who don't get to travel around and see a lot of that fun stuff because the postseason is is the the second season which everybody looks forward to and it was a blast it was a lot of fun on the outside to watch but you were in there internally day in, day out. And to have that game go or have the World Series go seven games and end the way it did, it left a lot of people bitter, let down, grumpy, upset. Yeah. December 4th hopefully has been enough time for everybody to to uh, maybe detox a little bit from the whole situation. Yeah. Looking back, what, what were your impressions of the 2019 season? Were you upset that they did not? Obviously, we're all upset. But were you upset with the, how the season went? They're the best team, right. statistically, the Astros have ever seen. I know what you're asking. Yeah, so going back to how well, you know, how much we cover this team and how much we're around the team and, and what we do, we saw some really incredible things that we may not ever see again. And what's funny is we keep saying that every year. The I last know, three we years have, yeah. we've said, like, oh, there's never going to be a team <laughs> this good ever again until the next year. And then they win even more games and they do more great things. Um, but I, I tell people it was – we've covered some really tough teams – long time ago now it's been a long long time but here this past year it was almost tough to cover a team as good as the Astros were and and I'm not complaining I'm just saying it was challenging you know you don't you don't just roll up cover a a win do a nice walk-off interview these guys were putting up a historic number or breaking a record or Zach Grinke almost throwing the the perfect game at, at the end of the season that we weren't really ready for and it was you know we were just 
constantly having to work. We're having to keep up with the research and not complaining. Again, I'm not complaining, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't easy covering a team as good as they were because it was mm -hmm. just like, okay, when was the last time that was done? Oh my gosh, I'm like Googling as fast <laughs> as I can. I'm like, when was the last time that George Springer had three home runs in a game? Googling, you know, and all, and all of that. So each and every night, it was just the, the way they were winning was, was really cool. And we can appreciate that now that it's, it's all, you know, there's been a bow put on it. Of course, we were all disappointed the way that it ended, but gosh, I was proud to be around in 2019 to watch that. No, it was a lot of fun, and it was a great time. What's interesting to me, to your point, is that we pulled up a lot, 1927 Yankees. We pulled up the, oh. you know, some of these names that we've never heard in the history of the game who actually did something. We would some do that. We would, like, laugh out loud at the yeah, teams that we were Dropo? comparing. And, but we were like, yeah. no way. We're talking about Murder's Row here? What? And, and now, moving forward, if there's a team that is gets anywhere near to what the Astros are doing, we are going to talk about the 2019 Houston mm -hmm. Astros and how much fun they were to watch play. And speaking of that, spring training tickets. Make plans now to see your Houston Astros in action as the 2020 spring training schedule gets underway February 22nd at the Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. For the best way to experience Florida, visit thepalmbeaches.com, which will be interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show because it's going to be interesting with a couple of world champions sharing the same complex. Oh, the Nationals are going to probably be oh, a little braggadocious about how their uh, season went with the Astros right across the way. Do you feel makes, that? Yeah. But do you remember, obviously we were on the right side of things and the fun side of things when they were putting up, it seemed like every week the Astros oh, were yeah. putting up another world championship a sign or banner up in the spring training facility. They were putting the spring training facility together. They had that big like, trophy like would move around the stadium right. so it was like all of a sudden of something new. The Nationals must have paid <laughs> that. Every week there was some big bulldozer coming in, moving the, you know, let's move this out of the way. we got to move this big ring. Yeah, we don't need to we patch the leaks yet to. because we've got to get the logo from the World <laughs> Series up. They're going to be doing it. No. Yes. All part of it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's exciting to be on here on Astro Line here at Pluckers of Shepard and I just want to let you get everybody know that we are having a blast down here it's not going to just be Julie and I it's going to be Craig Biggio is going to be calling into the show and one I'm actually looking forward to I see Craig Biggio enough throughout the course of the season which is fine but uh, in the offseason we're going to talk to him a little bit about uh, the Astros Hall of Fame and then the one I'm looking forward to is Billy Wagner the yes. closer for the Houston Astros back when I was here. He pitched a great deal in the major leagues, put up some phenomenal numbers. We'll talk about that. But he is on the Hall of Fame ballot, and he has got some strong opinions. Back when we were playing together, he's got some strong opinions <laughs> as he is uh, talking about the Hall of Fame now. So it's been a great and uh, we look forward to having that. So make sure you stay tuned, stay at the bar, order your drinks, order some wings, and hang out with us because we are going to be talking more with Julia Morales. I am Jeff Blum. We're going to have Craig Biggio, Billy Wagner, and coming up, we're going to be joined by Craig Biggio. So you're listening to the Astro Line Live from Pluckers Wing Bar at 1400 Shepherd, downtown Houston, presented by Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. In 2019, the Houston Astros won an astounding 117 games. Astros. 
throws at Minute Maid. At Carbach, we're turning our attention to raise $117,000 for the Astros Foundation from proceeds of Crawford Bach. Crawford Bach is a delicious ballpark beer that's good for any time of year, and every single beer sold gives back to the Astros Foundation in support of their community initiatives. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. The sun is shining, the palms are swaying, and Astro Spring Training is back in West Palm Beach this spring. Come experience baseball and the Palm Beach is all in one place. Visit astros.com slash spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket, suite, or party deck deposits today. That's 561-500-4487. Smithtown, New York, with Texas-sized dreams. And now, as he's mobbed by his teammates, those dreams have become reality. And they'll be recognized someday in another town in New York, Cooperstown. 3,000 hits for Craig Vigio, the 27th man to reach that figure. That was a big day in Astros history and a great day for Craig Biggio, the Hall of Famer of 2015. We are back at Pluckers here at 1400 Shepherd, and we've got some Astro faithful in town who definitely remember that moment. It was back there on 628 of 2007 when Craig Biggio tried to tre- stretch a single into a double, which he was notoriously famous for. Or if you ask Jeff Bagwell, he was more notorious for stretching triples into doubles Mm -hmm. but uh, nonetheless a hall of famer in every sense of the word is craig biggio we hope to have him on the phone line and ready to go and if craig is online biz it's uh blummer and julia how you doing man i'm doing well man but i still i had like 50 triples in my career man that's a lot of triples i mean I mean, my boy dogging me, man, but I'm still like, I mean, that's a lot of triples. And I scored a lot of runs for that guy. Historically, I scored more runs for him than any other teammate in the history of the game. No, and that's why he that's why he ended up in the Hall of Fame. And you know what's funny about that, bitch? I'm glad we have you on here to actually rebut some of that stuff because you know as well as I do, if you give him a microphone, he's going to go ahead and let you have it any chance he can. Yeah, and you really never know when he's telling the truth sometimes or not. So, I mean, that's part no. of a, a relationship and a friendship that's been going back for close to 30 years. And, uh, hey, look, Baggy and I both came from the East Coast and live in Texas here and made our homes here and love it. And the Astro organization and the fans have been great to us. And, uh, you know, we we, uh, we have a lot of fun trying to give it back and forth. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's, uh, we, love our, we loved our time here. It was great. What a great teammate. No, you guys have both been a blessing to this organization, to this city. Uh, what is a what is an off season now for Craig Biggio as opposed to when you were playing? <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just uh, permanent. It's the same as always, I guess. When you still got a kid that's playing, which is a good problem. So it's pretty much, uh, you know, once we get to Thanksgiving, we have we have a big uh, we have a big we have a good time down at our ranch with another family. Every Thanksgiving, we go down with the Caminetti family, and we and our kids have a great time. And then once we get back from Thanksgiving, it's uh, starting to focus. Uh, a little bit on the holiday season and, and, and that stuff. But yet again, Cap is starting to get ready to start hitting again and uh, getting ready for uh, for spring training. And, and and I'm his pitcher, and, you know, I'm, I, I wait around for him. And, and wherever, you know, we got the Sunshine Kids party coming up on Friday at the Children's Museum, which is a wonderful event. And, um, you know, and we're just uh, – 
crossing our fingers that Quinn does well in our finals in Notre Dame. <laughs> uh, and we're, we're just busy, you know. It's just uh, life is busy. It's good though. Craig, I wanted to ask you. I just saw Kevin's a good follow on Instagram. He just posted a picture a picture of you guys. There was maybe a banner of you, and then he had yeah. either taken a banner from Toronto home with him. How did that even get shipped? But will you tell me the story behind you guys posing in front of these uh, uh, yeah. humongous banners? Oh no, absolutely! It's really cool, Julia. It's uh, first of all the the first banner of me that says "Thanks for all the memories, Craig." was Jamie Hildreth gave, God bless him, gave it to me. Um, it was hanging in the left field bullpen uh, my last year. And the cool thing about that banner is that, like, Jamie and his staff had the fans sign that. Like, there's, like, tens of 20 of thousands of signatures. Thanks, Craig, for this or this. And so it's really, it's really nice. And I'm like, Jamie's like, hey, do you want it? And I'm like, yeah, I'll take it, whatever. And, and it fit perfectly on the wall. And then uh, at our ranch at the barn. And then uh, Kevin had this giant mural that, uh, that uh, he was hanging up there in Toronto. And they asked him if he wanted it. And he goes, yeah, we'll find a place for it at our ranch. And then uh, we, he just thought it would be funny to take a picture of him crossing his arms and me waving. And uh, so it was pretty cool. That's outstanding. I, I, man. Um, so we talked a little bit during the course of the season, most notably when the Toronto Blue Jays came through and we watched Kevin tear up the Houston Astros. So you were kind of in Splitsville trying to know who to cheer for and who not to and BPC about it. But you had mentioned something to me that you're just going to let him play out that rookie season and kind of get a feel for what the major leagues is like. What, is, what are the conversations now that you want to have with a, guy, with a young ball player? Obviously, he's your son. But what conversations are you having with a young ball player in today's game? Well, pretty much the same thing that it's always been. It's like, listen, you, you remember how hard it was to get there. You worked so hard. He went to every level. He went to Vancouver. He went to low A. He went to high A. He went to double A. He went to triple A. You know, he made it to the big leagues and had some success last year. And just really pretty much, bluntly, like you know, you just you don't ever want it ever taken away from you, and you don't ever want it taken away from you from lack of preparation. And I'll tell you what, this kid is focused. He is driven. Um, he looks the best that I've ever seen him, and uh, and he knows that. So it's kind of like it's the game is the game, and you got to continue to work hard every year, day in and day out. And 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 you know it like yourself, Jeff. It's just kind of like it's the game is what have you done for me lately? You know what I mean? And you try to build on it and get better from it. Hey, you know, FanFest is around the corner, and we can't wait to find out who's going to be in the Astros Hall of Fame moving forward. I know you guys met recently, mm -hmm. right? I know you're on the committee for the Astros Hall yep. of Fame. Can you give us any hints to be into you know, on, who's going to be in 2020? <laughs> Anything? You know, I would love to give you guys some hints, but then that would ruin it for, for the surprise. But Don't I'll tell you tell. what, you know, the staff that, well, the staff that we have up there is really, it's, it's a well-rounded staff. It's not one-sided by uh, media or players or, or inner office people. It's just, it's a really well-balanced staff. And, Everybody takes it seriously, and, 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 and look, getting into uh, anybody's Hall of Fame is a humongous deal, and we take that seriously, and, and the conversations that we have, we, when we kick it around, we study it, we go through the history, we try to remember all the things that, uh, that uh, everybody has done in their career, on the field, off the field, uh, whether it's in the front office, whether it's in the, in the booth, um, so it's, it's, we try to take all these things into perspective. And then uh, I think we did a nice job this year. I think it's uh, um, the fans will be happy with it. And I think what happens too is the fans just have to understand that we, we just can't like say, you know, we're gonna let, here's 30 guys. 
you know, it just it takes time, and we're just trying to take it. You know, we had the inaugural year last year. Uh, we're trying to make a nice little bump this year, and then slowly, you know, moving moving the uh, moving the needle down the line a little bit. But that's pretty much where we're at. I think that's uh, I think the fans are really going to be happy and excited for it. And, and but they just also got to keep in mind that uh, there's only so many that we're going to uh, be able or allow to have in, and uh, one year after the other, and go from there. That honestly, the, that weekend in the Hall of Fame induction was one of the highlights of the season for me. And you know, thinking back to 2019, all the games Absolutely. I witnessed. I mean, that's pretty crazy. But it was yeah. really, really cool to be a part of it and to watch. What was it like for you guys? And you know, thinking back to that weekend and all the all the people you got to see and, and hang out with. Well, I mean, and again, I think that the, you you got to look at the history of our organization. We've had a lot of. Tra- a lot of incredible players to put on an Astro uniform uh, and play here. And, and, you know, with, you know, with Jimmy Wynn and uh, Joe Negro, Nolan Ryan and, and, you know, J.R. Richard, Mike Scott and, you know, Joe Morgan. I mean, this is just, you know, those is a lot of the older guys. I mean, Jeff and I are able to get in with some of the other guys. Bob Astamani, talk about one of the classiest human beings you're going to meet. Um, I just thought it was great. And I think what it just, I think for the fans' perspective, it really brings back uh, put things in perspective like, you know, somebody's grandfather, you know, as you get older, somebody's grandfather rooted for that guy, and then somebody's father rooted for this guy, you know, and then, you know, our kids today are rooting for the, our younger kids that we have on our team now, and, and I think that just really puts everything in perspective, because when you look at it in a microcosm, it's, the game is, 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 is about the history of the game. It's, it's, you know, right now the guys that are playing now are just part of the history, but then they're going to be history forever, and and like you said, Joey, it's kind of cool when you get an opportunity a couple times a year to get, you know, the old guys together with the young guys together. And it's important to an organization. No, it is very important. I agree with you. And the Astros are actually creating that legacy now. It's been a very good time when you played, and it was a very, it's a very good time right now. And that kind of leads into the question I'm going to ask you. I don't know if you know this, but we're going to have Billy Wagner on in the next segment coming on. And he is on the Hall of Fame ballot right, right. now. You and Jeff Bagwell are the only two Astros to be in the Hall of Fame. And now Billy Wagner and about five other ex-Astros are on that ballot. But in talking just about Billy Wagner, if you had a Hall of Fame vote, I might, this might be a dumb question, but would you vote for Billy Wagner? <laughs> and do you, and make a case for him if you can real quick. Well, I mean, the case is pretty simple. I mean, he's one of the most dynamic closers over a, over a 10-year window. And uh, I think his, uh, he's sixth all-time in saves. Uh, and I think his save percentage is better than some of the guys that are in as of now. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, Trevor Hoffman, it took him three years to get in. And uh, God knows, uh, you know, that it took him three years. But I, we're all praying that Billy gets hit spikes and he gets, uh, he, gets, he gets more of a vote this year. And uh, because he is definitely a Hall of Fame pitcher and uh, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. You got any good Billy Wagner stories from on the field that we can talk about? <laughs> I got actually I got a really funny one one time. It's just that uh, um, I don't know what happened one day. You know when we do that live hitting, and I think Billy was a rookie, and uh, I stepped in, I stepped into the batting cage, and I said, "Oh shoot, shoot!" I said, "Hold on, I forgot to put my arm guard on." Oh no! <laughs> I stepped back out. I put my arm guard on, and what do you think he did? Unintentionally, maybe he did it intentionally. Quote unquote. <laughs> but unintentionally, he drilled me right in the arm guard. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and he's only throwing what about 98 at he the time? He didn't try. He, he didn't try to do it. He's a rookie. He's scared to death. But it was kind of like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> anyway, it's funny. But Wags is great, man. Wags. I mean, it was, he's just a great teammate. I mean, five foot eight, throwing a hundred. Um, 
you know, shoot, I, I think one of my best moments I ever had is when I hit the home run off him when he was in a Philadelphia Philly uniform, and we eventually got to the World Series that year. But um, but Wags is just great. He's a great teammate, great guy to be around, great father, great family man, and um, yeah, he's just uh, he's good people. He is very good people, and it'll be a lot of fun to see how that vote goes. Where, how did you yeah, feel? Yeah, cross our fingers, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously, the more Astros we get in there, the better it will be. And obviously some good news yeah. would be great here in the offseason. But how, would, how did you feel at the end of the World Series with how the Astros season went? Obviously setting a team record with the number of wins that they mm. got in the regular season, but a little bit uh, not the ending they were hoping for. No, I no. Obviously, I, I don't think anybody ever expected that ending. That was the, I was exhausted. I mean, I can only imagine the players probably just they went to bed and woke up two weeks later. Um, <laughs> uh, it was just uh, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I don't think you'll ever see that again, where the visiting team wins every game. It was the craziest World Series ever. The home team never won a game. I, I don't think you'll ever ever see that ever again. It was that was just crazy. No, I think. I it, mean, they win two here, and then we win three, and then they come back and win two, and then, then it was just a uh, it was an exciting World Series. But I mean, obviously, you know, we're disappointed. The team, the boys are disappointed. Um, you know, and have something to build on for next year. And then you remember that, and and when you get back there, it's just uh, you know, you know, as, as we all know, there's no guarantees in this game. But I mean, goodness gracious, the visiting team won every game. That's the craziest thing I'd ever see. I'd ever one of the craziest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, and even if you break it down a little bit further and say that the Washington Nationals are the World Series champions, but they did they did not win a World Series game at home, so that, that's what makes it even more right. bizarre. But uh, what are your feelings about 2020 before we let you uh, take off? Hey, I'm in the same thing. We got a, we got a nice squad. I mean, I mean, we have you know we got everybody back for the most part. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, with Garrett, and then uh, but, you know leaving up to Jeff and Jim. Uh, they always do something magical and, and being able to make a key piece. And, uh, um, you know, we, we have a good team. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, we'll have an opportunity to win just like we have the last, uh, you know, four or five years since consecutive. And that's all you can ever ask for. And then, you know, as you know, you, it, you know these things aren't played on paper. you got to go out there and play. And you're, you, you hopefully you have good health. That's my, you know, my biggest thing is that you, you know, your, your team stays healthy for the most part, which I mean, like you don't lose a big-time pitcher for a full season and a Tommy John or a shoulder, or you lose a position player, an everyday guy that is going to be out for the rest of the year. I mean, those are some, you know, those are hard guys to replace because they, you know, they're starters. But, uh, but at the end of the day, we're going to have a chance, just like uh, like everybody else will in our division, and go out there and play it and see what happens. Craig, can't thank you enough for coming on Astro Line with us, the first one of the season. You are a true professional. I look forward to seeing you in spring training and more. Yeah, I just wish you guys have a happy, uh, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and uh, God bless y'all. Thank you so much, Craig. Enjoy thanks, it. Thanks, Biz. Take care. Yeah. Tell hello to the family yeah. for us, too, man. All right. You, we heard, it, man. you heard Biz talking about the 2020 season. Astro season tickets are on sale now. Enjoy some of the best seats and exclusive benefits throughout the season at Minute Maid Park. For tickets and more information, visit astros.com slash season tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS today. And, of course, thank you to Craig Biggio for joining us tonight. And coming up, the closer who's on the Hall of Fame ballot, it's going to be Billy Wagner. We'll have more hot stove right after this on Astros Radio Network. In 2019, the Houston Astros won an astounding 117 games. Hits it in the left center field, and that's going to get down for a base hit. Astros win it in the bottom of the ninth. 
for the Astros at Minute Maid. At Carbach, we're turning our attention to raise $117,000 for the Astros Foundation from proceeds of Crawford Bach. Crawford Bach is a delicious ballpark beer that's good for any time of year, and every single beer sold gives back to the Astros Foundation in support of their community initiatives. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. The sun is shining, the palms are swaying, and Astro Spring Training is back in West Palm Beach this spring. Come experience baseball and the Palm Beach is all in one place. Visit astros.com slash spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket, suite, or party deck deposits today. That's 561-500-4487. come out of the pen and pitch no-hit baseball. Unbelievable. And this time it's Billy Wagner with the final three outs and a 13-strikeout night for the Astros' stand. We are back here at Pluckers here at 1400 Shepherd, and we've got some of our favorite Astros fans in the house. We've got some of our favorite Astro fans in the house. <laughs> Thank you very much. And that was the, uh, the first combined no-hitter for the Houston Astros in the history of their organization. And we are going to try and get Billy Wagner on the line to talk to him a little bit about that because uh, if you watch Houston Astros baseball throughout the course of the season, we have Jeff Bagwell in the booth. And, of course, Baggy and I were on the field for that combined no-hitter. And if you watch the highlights, and I know you've seen this plenty of times, Julia, Mm Uh, is when Billy makes the last out, gets the flip from uh, Jeff Bagwell, he's fist pumping and he's like, like something happened and Baggy and I are kind of looking at each other going, hey man, just to say, we, I mean, were you stoked about the win at Yankee Stadium? But it turned out to be a combined no-hitter. Right. Yeah. June 11th, what are we doing? Just another win, that's what we were supposed to do. But I believe we've got Billy Wagner on the phone. Billy, how are you? I'm great, how are you doing? I'm great. Wags, I miss you, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. So take us back to that day when you closed out that combined six-pitcher no-hitter and you're fist-pumping and you look over at Baggy. What was what was the first thing Baggy said to you? It was, well, Baggy never said much anyway. He, uh, he just looked at you. So, uh, you know, you, you had that Baggy look and Jeff Kent look like, uh, what are you doing? Uh, but, uh, you know, what's new? I mean... They just played nine innings of the most boring baseball in their minds because they have no idea there's no hitter. So, uh, two, two grumpiest so, guys uh, in baseball. So, oh, yeah. They, they were, you know, we're Yankee Stadium. Like, we've been there a hundred times. And so, you know, they go through that. I mean, we're winning. Eight to nothing. It's a big deal. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not just a normal game when you play in Yankee Stadium. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was just comical, really. I mean, after you look at it and uh, – you, you, you get through the whole thing, and, you know, I, I, mean, I think it's funny because it's one of those things I gave up a home run to Mark McGuire, and Jeff Agron comes in, and he's trying to, like, fist pump. He's like, man, it was awesome. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> we throw a no-hitter at Yankee Stadium. It's not a big deal, but I give up a 500-foot bomb, and you think it's the greatest thing you've ever seen? I don't understand. 
Hispanic young. That, that so, sounds like Jeff uh, Bagwell. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. One in a, one in a million. <laughs> Combined no hitters, it's fun to, to listen to that highlight, Billy. And we, we talked about it all these years that Blummer and I have been on the Astros broadcast calling these games. and But then we see one this year. We saw a couple in Major League Baseball, but the Astros don't a combined no-hitter. And, and so I'm on the field. You know, it's my job to, to do a walk-off interview, and it's like, who, who do you go to? It was the most – it was I don't want to say awkward, but it was just you don't know how to react, and people don't know how to celebrate. And, and I heard that from a couple of guys. Like, who do you hug first? Where do you go first? Was I mean, do you remember any of that? Or, or what, you know, what are you supposed to do? Oh, yeah. A little bit of that? Well, it was yeah, it was, it was definitely definitely awkward because I mean, the starting pitcher goes out in the second inning with a groin injury, and then Pete Monroe comes in, and you know, I mean, there was like a couple of errors. Uh, thank I mean, you. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, then there was a, then some amazing plays. I think uh, Lance makes a diving catch. Uh, then you know, Kurt comes in, and you know, throws just. Two, I think two and a third or whatever, just unbelievable innings, uh, really shut them down. And then, I mean, you get to your strength, of, and, uh, you know, Sotel punches out four in innings. Uh, Lutz comes out and punches out three. I mean, uh, you know, it, I, I'll be honest with you, I was more nervous in that game than probably most of the save opportunities I had. And, uh, I mean, we got an eight nothing lead. You're like, you can't really screw this up, but uh, – but you're out there, and I mean, they were so much more involved. And I mean, it's a, it's a pride thing because it's you know it's a bullpen. It's, it's a bullpen day, and we we got to suck it up and go, go do this. But on top of it, instead of just being that eight to nothing, it's a no hitter, and so we have a chance to really get something special. And so you know, we're down there. I mean, I remember there's a young kid in that bullpen, and he's like, "Hey, you know, we got a no hitter going." I remember guys just like slapping him, and it was just you know pretty unique, and then. <laughs> I remember it was never a question because uh, I got up in the ninth inning without Jimmy falling down there. I mean, there was no doubt. I mean, I was going out there, you know, some hell of high water. So uh, uh, that was, uh, you know, to be able to have that opportunity in Yankee Stadium, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it, it, it's something that sticks out in my career. Uh, to be a part of. And just giving some love to some relievers, too. That's the other thing I found to be really special about the one I covered this year. Will Harris, a guy that's done so much for the Astros over the years. Chris Davinsky, <laughs> another guy that's got a great story. I mean, it was their time to shine. Um, so that's that's just got to be really cool for guys who usually aren't getting interviewed or aren't getting the spotlight on them, right? Well, and, you know, that's the story of a – if it's not for those guys, a guy like me or, or – who, who might get a little bit more praise than they deserve. Uh, you know, those guys are the guys that really the grunts, the guys that really make, you know, a team, they're the backbone, the glue of the, of the team. I mean, um, and it, it's, it's so much fun to look back, and, and it's great that I get to see, and uh, I see Kurt uh, at all these uh, tournaments now that he's, he's, he's coaching in college, but uh, – and I talked to Pete Monroe. Uh, I used to see Lidge, you know, and from time to time I talked to Dotel. But it's just, you know, to have that moment that, that we can all look back on and, and reflect and, you know, to really enjoy the effort and to, to understand how hard it was to, just to throw that one inning uh, was, you know, was, you know, I, I've, I've, been, I've always looked back and enjoyed just knowing that I was a part of it with those guys because I know what the, the middle reliever, the, the long man, these guys, they don't get they don't get the, the love that the, the power uh, pitcher or the, the, the closer gets 
Uh, and, you know, if it weren't for those guys, I would have never accomplished any of the things that I did. Just another Houston Astro that is incredibly humble in talking about his career. And Billy Wagner had one of the better closing careers in all of baseball. I'm Jeff Blum. I'm on with Julia Morales. We are talking to Astro great Billy Wagner. And there is a little bit of legend and lore around you, Billy, and it's regarding that left arm. And it has something to do with you breaking your right arm and teaching yourself how to throw left-handed. How much of that is true? Well, it's true, but it's not nearly as good as when everybody else tells the story. So I've gotten uh, good at it, man. Uh, well, I mean, some of the greatest stories I've heard, I was about 19, and I broke my uh, right arm, and I just started throwing left-handed the next day, and that's how it kind of worked out. <laughs> it's and I easy. really like when they tell that story, because I don't disagree. I'm like, that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> it was amazing. But really, I was about four years old, and... Uh, clumsy and fell off the monkey bars and broke my elbow. Well, I broke my elbow the first time playing with a kid in front of my grandmother's front yard playing cat football. And uh, he broke my arm. And then I get to cast off him on monkey bars and fall off and break the arm again. So, you know, you just kind of become, you just, you know, the kids are just, you know, resilient. And so being that kind of uh, boy that was just going, I was going to play or, or do something uh, somehow, uh, picked it up and started playing left-handed. And, you know, and that's a blessing. I, I mean, God blessed, blessed me with the disability. I mean, there's no way uh, this is, uh, you know, something that I did myself. It was just uh, the luck of the draw. I really was uh, blessed to come out there and have this because I really did nothing but fall and break it twice. <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, it was very lucky. I'm glad, I'm glad you finally took the hint after the second time you broke it. <laughs> Yeah, stay away from the bigger guys and uh, yeah, well, and, and stay off bars. Yeah, I wasn't very good at any of them, so uh, uh, yeah, I was like, I'm going to try something simpler. <laughs> so, Billy, what is this time of year like for you as, you know, attention moves away from the regular season and the playoffs and then it, everyone starts to talk about the Hall of Fame ballot and, and that coming up? What What's it like for you this time of year? Honestly, I have no idea when the Hall of Fame stuff starts. Or uh, I, the kids. I, I'm a high school baseball coach. Mm -hmm. I've got, you know, Jeff knows as well. I'm a, I'm a dad of four. I've got kids running every direction. I mean, if my kids don't tell me what's going on, I probably don't know what's going on. Uh, and unless somebody uh, called me to do an interview, I, I don't really keep up with it. Because after the first two years of being you know, embarrassed. I just quit even looking at it and paying attention because, uh, you know, it wasn't worth the frustration and, and the, uh, so, so I just, I just didn't feel like it was that important anymore to be, to be in that situation. So I really just focused myself on, uh, you know, being a coach and a dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you've had the chance to watch a couple of ex-teammates in uh, Jeff Bagwell, Craig Biggio, go into the Hall of Fame. And we actually just spoke to Craig Biggio on the phone, and he would give you a vote hands down. I think you've got two people right here on headset that would give you that vote also. You, be honest. You had a phenomenal career as a closer. What would it mean to you to actually accrue enough votes to not just get the attention but to actually possibly have a chance to get into the Hall of Fame? Well, I mean that's a that's a dream come true. I mean, I, I mean, there's never been a day that I didn't go out there with the thought process of being the best ever. I wanted to be the best I could be ever. Uh, 
You know, every day I stepped out there, there was, you know, a reason to, to, be, to be the best I could be. And, you know, and, you know, you get, you know, once you start to get uh, longevity and some numbers start to pile up and, you know, you start to do some things, I mean, you can't help but, you know, you know hope and expect and, you know, to get some respect and some type of, uh, you know, maybe that be some, you know, icing on the cake and, you know, the, the you know, that magical thing, uh, for sure. I mean, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, who hasn't practiced their Hall of Fame speech? I mean, I mean, I have. I mean, I've, there's nothing greater than sitting there thinking, hey, I'd like to thank mom and dad and my coaches for all this, this, uh, my teammates for playing so well behind me and giving me, I mean, who doesn't practice that? Who doesn't want to be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, I'd be crazy to sit here and say, no, I don't want to be in the Hall of Fame. That's stupid. <laughs> no, I'd love to be in that. I just, you know, I'm not going to put myself out. I'm not going to put my heart out on the screen and say, and, and it's hard to sit there, and it's always hard for an athlete to be, to sit there, especially when they're done, to be criticized and have to sit there and take that criticism in. And uh, So I just, I really just kind of try to tune it out. So I'm, I guess it's selfish. Oh, you know, Biggio said he's crossing his fingers. We are too, and and I know you are focusing on family and that high school baseball team. So I want to ask you how they look this year. What do you got? We're well, we're good. We're good. Uh, we uh, we practice a lot, and so I'm excited for them. Uh, got a lot of guys. I got a couple kids that are possibly going to get drafted and have that nice. opportunity to to go play. And um, I've said, you know, I've been very fortunate with some kids that always been drafted to play. So uh, I'm excited. You know, and my son's in a situation where he might have a chance to go play pro ball. So, you know, I get to be a, a, a you know, a fan in the stands for once instead of uh, the coach. So I'm pretty excited. No, and those kids should be excited and very lucky to have you as a coach. Billy Wagner, closer for the Astros. Phillies had a phenomenal career, pitched a little bit with the New York Mets. It has been great catching up with you, Billy Wagner, and I hope that soon we can have you back in Houston, maybe have you on our telecast and probably make yes. that a little bit more fun. That would be a lot of fun. But thank you for coming on the phone and being on Astro Line tonight with us, Billy. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Good to talk to you again, and uh, you know, I look forward to getting back down there. Sounds good. Take care, Billy. Best of luck this season with your high school team. All the fans here wish you the best of luck, and it was great hearing from Billy Wagner on Astro Line. The Shriners Hospital for Children College Classic returns to Minute Maid Park February 28th through March 2nd as the Big 12 takes on the SEC. The three-day tournament features Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor, LSU, Arkansas, and Missouri. For more information and tickets, visit astros.com slash Classic. And believe it or not, we've only got one segment back, one segment left. We will be back at Plucker's Wing Bar. This is Astro Line, presented by Carbach Brewing on the Astros Radio Network. In 2019, the Houston Astros won an astounding 117 games. Hits it in the left center field, and that's going to get down for a base hit. Astros win it in the bottom of the ninth. Another series win for the Astros at Minute Maid. At Carbach, we're turning our attention to raise $117,000 for the Astros Foundation from proceeds of Crawford Bach. Crawford Bach is a delicious ballpark beer that's good for any time of year, and every single beer sold gives back to the Astros Foundation in support of their community initiatives. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. The sun is shining, the palms are swaying, and Astro Spring Training is back in West Palm Beach this spring. Come experience baseball and the Palm Beach is all in one place. 
Visit astros.com slash spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket, suite, or party deck deposits today. That's 561-500-4487. Julia Morales with you, along with Blummer and TK, doing some radio for you tonight. We welcome you back into the top of the fourth here in West Palm Beach. Roberto Osuna with a quick one, two, three innings. Exactly what you want to see from him. He's already feeling good. AJ Reed sends one high to right field. Looks like he's under it. Nope, second baseman will take it. Makes the catch. Here comes Riley Dawson playing the plate. He's safe. flying in. That ball wasn't very far. Wasn't no. far enough out. I didn't think he was coming. He surprised a lot of us, but he is safe. And we got a new ball game. That was our very own Julia Morales doing some play-by-play on radio yeah. during the spring training of 2019. Pulled that out of the archives. I like it. Oh, they had that thing lined up and ready to go. That's our engineer, Matt Bolts, doing a great job pulling some of that sound. I am Jeff Blum, and I am joined by Julia Morales. We work for the TV side of things, doing the first Astro line of the season. And, Julia, I've got to ask you, what did it feel like? Do you enjoy? Are you nervous? What does it feel like doing play-by-play? Oh, that very first time was nerve-wracking because it's your show. I mean, just like you're doing tonight, which I'm very impressed by your hosting abilities, by the (laughs) way, because you were driving the bus. But you, you are. I mean, you're in the driver's seat, and it's your show and there's a lot to watch you know for to change seats like that have a different perspective look at the field differently and just you know the things that you're looking for and and you want to stay in order I mean it's like all the things that you (laughs) all the things are happening so fast in your head you know and you're like having to to say it and say it well and project it and all it's it's a tough tough job the guys that do it well I mean, it's an, it's an art. It is art. And, and the people that do it well, I'm just, I'm in awe of them. But it's fun. And spring training is a perfect time for me to jump over and, and do that. We, we did for some radio. Us, yeah. yeah, we all did some radio. Um, a lot of fun. No, it is a lot of fun. And we are we were, we have been truly blessed. Obviously, Robert Ford does a good job on the radio side working mm-hmm. with Sparky. And then Bill Brown, who's been around forever, and then filling in and doing a great job and becoming the voice of the Astros is Todd Callis. And watching Todd do it on a daily basis obviously sets the bar at a different level for us watching him. And we work extremely well together. But I've got to ask you, having done a game on TV for thousands of games now that we've done this and doing it on radio, what's the difference and what do you like best? Oh, my gosh. There's a big difference. Man, where do you even start? It's, I like not having to wear a suit and tie. Well, okay, so yeah, it's not not having to wear all the makeup. I put on enough makeup for everyone here, but yeah, I didn't have to cake it on like you do in TV. There's a certain kind of both. makeup you have to wear to be on TV. I yeah, now know like this. HD makeup. Uh, yeah, no, that's huge. Did I say that out loud? Is this thing? This he, thing's on. Yeah, he does okay. wear makeup. He sometimes has to borrow mine. It's really, really funny. That is there's awkward. Some good stories. So awkward. Um, but no, yeah, there's just the the elements that we that we have in each show. Well, there's not really any, any radio, but but like I said, driver's seat. You literally are, are giving. You're the eyes for everyone, and and it's just a lot of pressure on the radio side. You it know? is because people can can see what's happening, and we're just enhancing it with all the things that we bring to a you know, 
TV broadcast, but yeah, huge difference. We've got a couple of questions. Obviously, okay. we've been on Facebook Live. I should have said that earlier. Sports Try Talk Facebook 790. Live. So there, if you're watching on Facebook Live, you can see us. We've got a couple of questions that have come in from around the bar and Facebook Live. I'm going to put this to Julia Morales. Uh -oh. Who will be a reliable third starter for the Astros in 2020? Well, you know who's coming back. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you have social media, you know who this answer is going to be. <laughs> We've been watching him work his way back. Yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to Lance McCullers Jr. being back in the mix and, and seeing what that arm can bring. And, man, you know he's dying to get back the, back out there as well with his teammates and, and just really worked hard. So coming back from Tommy John, he should be ready to go. That's somebody we'll be looking for likely in that three spot. Yeah, I would, I would just go ahead and assume that they actually have him penciled in to be that third yeah. starter. It's just a matter of him proving if he's healthy because the stuff is already there. He's got mm -hmm. phenomenal numbers. Uh, we just saw that Zach Wheeler signed a five-year, $100 yeah. million dollar contract, so I know that bodes well for a guy like Lance McCullers, mm -hmm. who actually has better career numbers than Zach Wheeler. So yeah. having Lance back in that rotation would be great. What about an Urquidy or a Josh mm -hmm. James? I mean, there are definitely yeah. some options. Forrest Whitley exactly. is another guy right. that might pop in yeah, there. Yeah, we got to see what, what he's going to be bringing in spring training and what he wants to show and Jose Urquidy, wow, what a story. When you know we we we're talking about him last spring training. It's funny that you you think about to to spring training and, and the guys we were watching and he wasn't Jose Urquidy yet. Mm -hmm. He changed his last name, but we knew he was going to be good. We knew he had good stuff. People talked well about him. We saw him a little bit, but then it took forever for him to get up to the big leagues, despite him pitching well. Finally gets the opportunity, gets sent to Coors Field of all places. <laughs> That's um, not easy. You know, and the ups and downs that he had, but being able to figure it out at the right time and impressing everybody on the world's biggest stage in baseball uh, was really impressive. So he's, he's coming in with some extremely good experience under his belt to be a, be a part of that rotation. And he looks like the older brother of Jose Altuve. I don't know if you noticed that Urquidy kind of has that resemblance, the beard a little he bit. Does. They kind of look like brothers. It's crazy. Everybody knows who Jose Urquidy is right now. He's legend. How crazy is that? And just how far he came so fast. Good for him. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Julia, it has been great Excited. being on with you. We're the first Astro line of the season. I hope everybody here Aww. at Pluckers has had a blast because you have been supremely blessed to be able to have the great Julia Morales here. You, you did a phenomenal job. You. Thank you. You did great hosting Astro Line. It's a lot of fun, but if you want any more of, of me and maybe Julia someday, you can go to check out my uh, podcast, Bleach yes. Your Blums, because uh, that's been a lot of fun and it's really helped me out, but it's been a blast. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to Pluckers Wing Bar at 1400 Shepherd downtown Houston and to our flagship station, Sports Talk 790 KBME, our studio engineer Bob Elliott and King he must have wrote this. King Boltzy, tune in next Tuesday for the next installment of Astro Line presented by Carbach Brewing right here on the Astros Radio Network. Listening to Sports Talk 790 Astroline, the Astros' official off-season show, presented by Carbock Brewing Company. Astroline on Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 